0: So, passing out again the verses that I tend to use in the sermon today. Uh, frankly, I hope not to use them all. I, what I do is, a lot of times I'll just reference scriptures, um, but I want you to have the scriptures. Uh, I don't want you to be uninformed. Um, two reasons. One is uh, because it gives you an opportunity to go back and, and look uh, at at some of these passages we, to which we refer, but also because you should be like the Bereans. Be Reans, be be, be the Bereans. Remember the Bereans? Remember yes. they were the ones who... They were more noble. Them. Yep, that? They were more noble. They were more noble. <laughs> they were more noble than all the rest, right, because they searched the scriptures to see what Paul said was true. They didn't take even the Apostle's word for it, <clears throat> because his ministry was to preach the Bible, preach the good news. Um, he was the ultimate. The, the verse we mentioned, I think it was last week, of uh, the the Luke thirteen. I didn't write it down here, but the scribe of the kingdom, a scribe who's been trained in the kingdom, uh, is like a householder, home, homeowner, who goes into his storeroom and brings out treasures new and old. Um, the old, the old covenant, the old testament, all spoke of Christ, and then we have the new in Christ. Nothing. Super new, really new because it's all foreseen in Christ, but it's new because it's revealed fully in Christ. One of the things we mentioned before was that the Holy Spirit, the ministry of the Holy Spirit, is new to us in the sense that it's the person of the Holy Spirit that was not really understood in the Old Testament. The power of this the Spirit and the presence of the Spirit. In this passage we're looking at in in, we've been looking at in Acts chapter uh, one and two of Pentecost or excuse me, Ascension, where Jesus promises the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, and then and, and the, ten days later, when the, uh, the Holy Spirit does come down, uh, referred to as, as Pentecost, Ascension and Pentecost, uh, the one thing we did mention, or I've been working towards, is that the presence of God is not just the Trinity, or it's not just the Holy Spirit, but it's the Trinity itself, it, itself Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, in the life of the Church. In the foundation of the church and the continuing life of the church, but the net effect is that we are therefore ministers of the Trinity. And hit that last week. Now and kind of that's kind of the summary of where we've been. I, now, by the way, last week remember I apologized for the alliteration. The four previous sermons were talking about the establishment of the kingdom, uh, establishment the Trinity's work, in the establishment of the church. It was. I mean, I do this because I can remember it, but the Father's—it's the Father's plan, it's the Son's purpose, it's the Spirit's power, and then I had—it's the Trinity's presence. And I apologize because it was never my intention to use all, uh, to letter all peace. Just those were the best words ever. So this week I've got I've expanded it to five weeks because Sam asked me to come back to I'm focusing more on the the our ministry as God's and the new angels, so to speak. We're gonna get into that, the, the New Testament angels, messengers. And so I came up with a completely different word, no P, it's ministry. But then as I, after I printed it out, and I spoke it out loud, I realized its I'm, I'm now rhyming. It's the Trinity's ministry. So, sorry about that. I just can't get away from po- poetry, I guess. I'm not a poet, but didn't know it kind of thing. Too many homiletics yeah. classes. Yeah, too, or not enough, one of the two, <laughs> I'm not sure. Okay, so we're going to read today from 2 Corinthians 4.1-15 because this is one of those passages that talks about the ministry of the church. And I want us to see, as we read through this, that this is really the ministry of the Old Testament ministers, the angels. It was also the ministry of, of Moses. That's really what he's looking at. I don't, don't want to lose the context here. Paul is talking about the, this ministry that Moses had um, is now our ministry and, and how it's expanded the life of the church. But Moses' ministry actually reflected the ministry of the angels. They were the true ministers of the Old Testament, and we'll get into that in just a little bit. So let's stand here. Uh, 2 Corinthians 4, <clears> 1 <throat> 15. Um, thank you, Sam, for reading uh, or for praying for, our, for the reading and hearing of, of this and the preaching of the word. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 4, 1 15 Therefore, having this ministry by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants, for Jesus' sake. For God who said, Let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair persecuted but not forsaken struck down but not destroyed always carrying in the body the death of jesus so that the life of jesus may be also manifested in our bodies for we who live are always being given over to death for jesus sake so that the life of jesus may also be manifested in our mortal flesh so death is at work in us but life in you since we have the same spirit of faith according to what has been written This is from Psalm 116. I believe, and so I spoke. We also believe, and so we also speak, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. For it is all for your sake, so that his grace extends to more and more people it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. Here ends the reading of God's word. You may be seated. So... Where are we at today? Just to summarize from last week, we the, where we ended up was when the Holy Spirit comes upon the church in response to Jesus' promise in Acts 1.8 where he says, you will be my witnesses. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and to Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. The promise that That the spirit would somehow empower the church, and we see the evidence of that in this in this this, the the phenomena of the the glory cloud of God coming down, the sounds of 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 God that were present at Sinai. Uh, We don't see the smoke, but we just kind of see the presence of God or feel the presence of God. It was just overwhelming, Uh, but we do see the lightning is now tongues of fire on the people and it designated as mentioned a couple of things one is that the presence of god is now with his people once again which was lost at the garden of eden uh, the second thing is that we are his messengers we are the angels of god because the angels of god were the flames of fire in the old testament it's psalm 103 well in fact i've your outline He makes the clouds his chariot. He rides on the wings of the wind. He makes his messengers winds, his ministers a flaming fire. Remember the word for messengers is angels. Later in Psalm 104, he uses the same word and uses it for angels. That word was interchangeable in the Old Testament because the angels were his messengers. And why were they his messengers? Why is it such a big thing that we are now his messengers? What what has changed? What's changed is, at the fall, at the Garden of Eden, we lost that ability. We lost that calling to be God's messengers. When he placed Adam and Eve in the Garden, uh, in Genesis 2.15, it says, God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it. The idea for working it was to expand it, to build on it. We were supposed to be building people. We were supposed to be... um, uh, uh, creating things for the Lord. We weren't just supposed to be sitting around and enjoying Him. We were supposed to be doing things for Him. For serving Him. We would take this ball of rock and, and, and water that He had created for, for us and and enjoy it, to expand it, to build, to create things, to, to reflect His great nature. But we were also to be people that encouraged one another in, in walk with the Lord. We were to be messengers to one another, so we were his messengers to the world and to each other. But something happened in the fall, and that by the word there was. I'm sorry. By the way, sorry, the the the, the neurons aren't firing again very well. Um you know I did a quick turnaround, drove back to Alexandria, Virginia this week to move my son back there for his new job. He needed a car, so we had I needed somebody to drive with him. So I got the choice. So. so Drove for four days, flew back on the fifth day, and then took my daughter this morning um, at O Dark Hundred to, to LAX so she could go visit him for the week. So, a few things. So, if, if there's a word comes out and I don't correct it, just assume A, I'm stupid, B, I'm tired, um, and getting old. You know, you throw, throw words and you don't intend to. Um, uh, the, the word there for. Genesis 2.15 to work was to to cultivate it, really. And the word keep there, to work and keep it, that's an interesting word. It's the word shamar in Hebrew. That word literally means to guard, to keep it in in, in a sense of guarding it for something. From guarding it from what? Well. the, the story develops, right? This is—I love the Old Testament. The drama, the the intrigue. The, the, even when when Moses is kind of recounting the the creation of the world, there's there's intrigue that people were as they're hearing this message from Moses. There's basically guarded from what well, we see just the next chapter over what it was, right? It was the it was Satan. It was the serpent. It was the fallen angel of God. The one who was the the. the Bright and morning star, he was the the, the right hand angel of God. He was the one who whose job it was as the great cherubim, or the great cherub, the warrior angel. He was called the cherub, and, and I think in Isaiah, uh, it's, it's, there's two passages. Isaiah 14, Ezekiel 28 talks about about Satan, or or um, Lucifer, bright and morning star. That's what that means. The Lucifer is a, a shining, shining star, shining brightly. Uh, he was the a, he was a cherub. He was a, the great cherub, the guardian angel of God. He he was there on the mountain of God in in the Garden of Eden, where God's presence dwelt. Yet he fell, and was given to. And apparently, sometime before the creation of Adam and Eve, because now Adam and Eve are called to guard, the guard, guard it from sin. Guard it from the onslaught of not just Satan coming, but. His temptations. God had left it us up to mankind to choose good or evil, to choose to be tempted or not, to choose to listen to other voices. Just like the choice we have to, to listen to the voice of God or listen to other voices, the millions of voices we hear a day. They had the same choice, but their choices w- were were deadly for the world. They're, they're, they're the wrong choice is deadly. Just well, I guess our cho- long choices are deadly for us as well. So he took that roll away from them. They did not guard the garden. And this is where you get in Genesis 3.15, or Genesis 3.24. says, He drove up out the man, and at the east of the Garden of Eden, he placed the cherubim, which is plural cherubs, at least more more than one, and a flaming sword that turned every way to shamar, to guard the way to the tree of life. The messenger, the guardianship, and the messenger function had been taken away from mankind, and given to the angels. That's where we start. That's where the history of Acts two begins. The the leaving the garden, being fulfilled in Acts two, of, of God coming back to us, seeking us. It's the 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 an, angelic function of being his messengers, the flames of fire, his servants. Has now been given back to the church. And that's what we're looking at today in this passage. How does that work? What does that look like? Paul in um, 2 Corinthians 15, 18 to 20, sums it up this way, He uses a word um, of uh, ambassadors. He says, All this is from God, this ministry, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us, we implore you on behalf of Christ, to be reconciled to God. Mankind just didn't lose the right to be with God, it lost the right to fully serve God. And in Christ that is restored. That's the beauty, that's the the message of, of Pentecost. That's restored. But not just to get back to the same as Adam. It's better than Adam. In Christ, we're better than Adam. This is kind of the same thing as when your sins are forgiven, our sins are forgiven, we're, we're not just back to ground zero. We're not back to where Adam and Eve were. Because not only are our sins forgiven, but what? We have been given the righteousness of Christ. We've, his, his righteousness has been imputed to us. What Adam and Eve were to have worked for, a righteousness of their own, and they could not achieve, Christ did for us. And in the same way, we are better than Adam and Eve when we're restored back to ministry. We're not just like Adam and Eve. We're we're now sons and daughters. We're no longer just servants. We're sons and daughters of the Most High God. Brothers and sisters, or sisters and brothers, I just want to reverse those because it's not just men. It's never just mankind. It's always meant to be brothers and sisters, sisters and brothers. We're sisters and brothers of our elder brother, Jesus Christ. We're being conformed to image, His image. And as much as God loves His only begotten Son, He now loves His adopted daughters and sons. And He's given us a ministry to serve Him as His sons and daughters um, to, to the world. And and so the first and by the way we have this ministry by the mercy of God. Kind of this reason I chose the the theme for this morning service is the mercy of God. Everything is by the mercy of God. It starts off First Corinthians four one. Therefore by the mercy of God. If now we always keep in mind it's the Trinity's ministry, not our own. Um, God the Father is mentioned in this. When the Father is mentioned in this. God. Just another quick clue about reading the New Testament. Most of the time when God is mentioned, it's talking about the father sometimes it's talking about the trinity in this case it's pretty clear it's the father that's in view because the son is also in view Uh, and then the spirit comes up it talks about later uh, we have the same spirit of faith what has been given the spirit of faith is really the holy spirit we can see that from the previous chapter and in in, uh, talking about the holy spirit so it's it's the trinity's ministry not our own and now by the way ambassadors ministers um and, and the angels did, did, do four things basically. They bring the message of God, number one. They do, two, they reflect the character of God. Three, they use the methods of God. And four, they carry out the purposes of God. And we do that for Christ. And that's where your outline is today. We bring the message of Christ as, as our first trait. Second trait, we reflect the character of Christ. Third, we use the methods of Christ. And fourth, we carry out the purposes of Christ. Now, just to try to streamline this, uh, it, it struck me as I was flying home. It, 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 this is going to be so long even <laughs> even after introducing it last week and saying that I'll expand on this week we're going to focus not on all the angels of the Old Testament there's a lot of verses in here about angels we're going to focus on that one event in the Garden of Eden because again it's seminal it's it's the beginning of what happened and to show you what the nature the character the ministry of that angel or those angels that the Garden was that we now fulfill and how they, uh, how how we reflect the angels reflected God. First of all, we bring the message of Christ. The the the, the angel in the garden brought the message, of of God. By the way, in your I've got a several verses in here that might blow your mind because it, it, it's striking me more and more how I've, I've missed these. Galatians three nineteen says um, the law was given through angels and entrusted to a mediator. Wait, I thought the <laughs> the law was given to Moses Um, Hebrews 2 says the message declared by angels proved reliable so that's one of the characteristics by the way of angels their message is going to be reliable Um, but there's a passage that comes up in Deuteronomy 3 and the only reason I'm bringing this one up is because I mentioned this before about the glory cloud of God coming down on Sinai that we see the lightning and all and, and that there are passages in the Old Testament that show that that lightning was really angels. The, the, the brightness of the angels that appeared like lightning. The other passages in this, apparently they're zipping in and out of the, the glory cloud of God as they move around. But in Deuteronomy 33, 2-4, it this it's looking back at what happened where, where the Lord it comes down to Sinai and he's going to talk about coming. He, he came from Sinai, he's actually coming from the wilderness of Sinai, which is to the north of Mount Sinai that we think. He, he came from uh, he's shown from, from uh, uh from Seir, which is on the east, so this, this cloud just didn't come up. It was apparently seen from a long distance. It was coming, it was marching. Job, by the way, in Job uh, 37, sees the, 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 this great, w- w- translated whirlwind, but it's really a storm wind coming from a distance, coming from the north, coming, marching towards him. Um, whenever we see this, uh, uh, often this cloud is being seen, it's seen as, as coming in judgment. Yeah, quick one, rabbit trail, hopper, last name Hopper, rabbit trail, <coughs> Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, when it says they, they heard the sound of God coming in the, in the cool of the day, it, that word isn't cool, it's the word spirit of the day. It's breath, wind, or spirit. Early translators didn't make this connection for some reason, yeah, the English translator. They, they said, oh, wind, can me the wind. He wouldn't be coming in wind, which is totally wrong. That's the whole scene that, that we see later on. He comes in the great winds. Um, so it must be breeze or cool of the day. So it gives this impression of Adam and Eve used to walk with God in the garden in the cool of the day. And, and now he's coming again, and he's looking for Adam and Eve. No, no, it's not it at all. He's coming in the spirit of the day. The spirit was the the, 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 the dwelling place of God and, and it was a benign place. It was a wonderful place that, to, that we, when we see it opened up, we, we see the glory of God and, the, and all the great, wonderful things going on there. But when it's closed to us, it's, a, it's, it's opaque. It's, a, it's scary. It's stormy. What they heard was the sound of God, just like the sound of God was heard on Mount Sinai, and the people were scared. There was earthquake. There was a sound of of, of of horrible sounds of, of It turns out to be angels' wings. The uh, Daniel, when he when he sees this angel, the appearance of this angel, and I, I do have this in, in for the next section. We'll we'll look at it briefly. He hears this horrible sound, and it drained his face. His countenance was was lost. He, his his it says his, his 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 kind of glory was diminished. He, he got pale. He was scared. Everybody else heard it. They didn't see anything, but they heard the sound, and they took off. And he was alone. That's what Adam and Eve were to hear. No wonder they hid in the garden. No wonder they were hid behind the trees. There's God coming in judgment, and we puts that angel there in the in the entrance of the garden. It's the reminder that God's judgment is on mankind. And and I oh, was uh, trying to think of it on the way down this morning. Um... Uh, from the um lord of the rings what's what what what's it uh who's the 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 white haired Gandalf Gandalf doesn't he the sword put the sword down pass. yeah is it none shall pass as he as he prevents evil from attacking um the the chosen the chosen um uh, servants no no Surprise there, C.S. Lewis was a Christian. He's full of Christian imagery. J.R. Tolkien. J.R. 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 Tolkien. that Tolkien. Him too. He was influenced by C.S. Lewis. See? Psh, neurons. Um, thank you. Uh, but he takes that, doesn't he take his staff and he slams it down and he's... says, and none shall pass. That's the image we're to get. And then he says, fly, you fools. <laughs> fly, you fools. <laughs> so, um, but that, what, so what's, what, what, that, that, sure was was the message of God that the that angel brought the message of God which was none shall pass but there was also another message in that and that was that it was hidden at that time but it was it was accompanying the promise of God before that that said there should be great battle and the chosen his chosen servant the seed of the woman will have a battle with the serpent and will crush the serpent's head but will be hurt uh, in the meantime that's prior to this so that message is there as well there's a message of hope that someday someone will come back through the sword and open the way back to the dwelling place of God and will do it through the sword of death the gospel is there that's what we do we bring bad news and good news to people that's what we're to do as as the church of God the church of Christ as his messengers but also as individuals to one another we're to warn each other remind each other that 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 sin hurts us and hurts the Lord but to also remind one another that we have a savior we have redemption so the first thing is we bring the message of Christ the second thing is we reflect the character of Christ so um, in Daniel 10, um, I will bring this one up. He says, I lifted up my eyes and looked. Behold, a man clothed in linen, his face like the appearance of lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze, and the sound of his words like the sound of a multitude. The, the same, scene played out in, in Luke 2, with the angel appearing to the, um, to the, the shepherds, uh, but also myriad places in Scripture, but it says the angel of the Lord appeared to him, the glory of the Lord shone around them, they were filled with great fear. The brightness of God, the glory of God, the brightness of God represented his holiness. The burning fire that 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 doesn't isn't quenched by anything and burns up any, anything that's impure in it in its midst. That's why we can't approach God apart from that. Because we're impure. We would be if if we were to approach God on our own and say, God take me, I'm not a bad person we would just be nuked because of the sin in us would have to be cleansed and we could not stand that ourselves but now we do reflect the, the character of Christ that's what the, this, this, the flames also show, we reflect the, the character of God um, the flames at Pentecost we, we, that, that, that the, the brightness of God, of God, the glory of God is, is now within us because as, as 2 Corinthians, this is from 2 Corinthians 4, it's kind of the outline of 2 Corinthians 4, uh, we are servants, your servants for Jesus' sake, verse 5b, God has shown in our hearts uh, in, the face of, in, in the face of Christ. So we're, we're servants. What, we, how do we reflect the care of Christ? Sacrificial love. We're your servants for Jesus' sake. Just as Jesus became our servant, God's servant for our sake we are now their servants for Jesus sake that means sacrificial love we're willing to give up everything else for the sake of one another and for the sake of of, of claiming the loss for Christ for seeing the Christ and plus we're being trans- we're, we are, our lives are being transformed in, into his image because God has shown in our hearts in the face of Christ we now reflect Christ as we're being changed into people that worship God that love the father that love his word that, that repent of our sin. Jesus didn't repent of sin. That's one thing he, he didn't have to do. But he was tempted in sin. He was tempted in all things as we are, but did not sin. But because of his work in us, we can repent. We can be changed into the person of Jesus Christ, and to, to, to be like the person of Jesus Christ. So the message brings the message of Christ, uh, which is the word of God. Uh, and and I didn't read it, but 2 Corinthians It said we refuse to tamper with the Word of God. So it's the unadulterated Word of God. We don't create the Word of God for ourselves. We don't create messages for ourselves that that resonate with people. We're not there to make people's lives better. That's not what the Gospel is about. It's not to give them better lives. It's to give them access back to God. He's the one that changes lives. Even bad lives, horrible situations are made good in, 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 in redemption. Even if they don't outwardly change the circumstances don't change. The response to the circumstances change. And then we do not proclaim ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord. So, so reflect the, we bring the message of Christ, we reflect the character of Christ, and we use the methods of Christ. That's the sword, again, the, at the beginning, that, that big angel that stood there. God must have told him, you go and stand there and stay there and keep that sword at the entrance of the garden, or those angels. And, and bring that message, show my character, but use the sword. They were not to be afraid to cut down God's creation. And that must have been a hard thing for them to, to, to be assigned. That the crowning jewel of God's creation on the sixth day was, was mankind made in his image. They would have had to kill someone and the life of someone made in the image of God. This is why it's so important to the writers of the New Testament, especially James. We, we bless we, we bless and we curse with the same mouth. We curse people who are made in the image of God. Even non-believers are just made in God's image. It, it, it should be a, a heavy thing for us to be angry with someone or to curse someone or to take a life. The scripture allows the taking of life for, for, for because of sin in the world, but for only for particular reasons. But they had to do that. That was the method they given. But, but what do we have? We have a sword. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. It, Ephesians six seventeen says, Take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. The sword of God, which was a sword of judgment, is now a sword of restoration. It's a sword of redemption. And it's wielded not by, well, it is wielded by us, but ultimately by Christ, who works it in our heart. He reveals our thoughts and intentions. He shows us where we sin. He shows us where we do well, and he says, "Well done, thou good and faithful servants." That's how we're to wield it. We're to use it to warn others, not to crush people, but to warn others in love, and to and to use the word of God in in redemption. To to encourage one another into, the, into the, the study of the word, to the devotion of the word, to, to hearing the word together, to to applying the word together, and to be encourage one another to and to turn the tables back on us. Sam, please, when you see me screwing up, let me know. It's, I'm sorry, this, the neurons are not firing correctly now, but I must be saying that. Um, I, I want to know. I, I don't want to know, but I want to know. You know what I mean? I may I may fight when you tell me. Don't tell me that, but then I'll come back and say thanks for telling me that. Um, and by the way, in second Corinthians four seventeen, the other method we have is weakness. The angel had nothing but strength. We have something greater. It's weakness. It was it was it was the weapon Jesus used. He became his servant, became subject to death, and suffered death on the cross. He willingly died for us. And through that weakness, God shows his glory and his power. Why should it be any different for us? Why should we be Christians as Christians? Why should we be people that, that are immune to problems, immune to cancer, immune to, to um, Alzheimer's, immune to old age, immune to poverty, immune to tornadoes and collapses of buildings? Why? 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 Why should we be immune to those things? We're we we're, we're, we're subject to the same ills of the world. But what changes is that we're redeemed to those things. God uses those things in our lives to show His glory and His power. So it shouldn't surprise us that Christians often are more persecuted, have more problems than the world from an outward perspective, because God is going to show them and us that the power is not from us; it's from Him. According to First, Second Corinthians four, seventeen. We reflect what Christ went through for us that so the life of Christ may be revealed in us. And finally, the message trait number four. The first was that we bring the message of Christ. Second, we reflect the character of Christ. Third, we use the methods of Christ. Number four, we carry out the purposes of Christ. Psalm 103, 20, says, Bless the Lord, O you who are his, messengers, his angels, you mighty ones who do his word, obeying the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all his hosts, his ministers, who do his will. The word angels there is the word messengers. But there's another word there, ministers, servants, translated. That's the same word that's being translated here in this passage in Second Corinthians. Ministers, servants. Um, the, the, servant, the servant at the Garden of Eden did his will. He may have not wanted to do it, but he did what God asked him to do. And what a blessing he had because he actually stood there not just with the sword of the judgment but the sword of the gospel. He was the first of the God himself to pronounce the good news that someday someone would come to face that sword, to take that sword, to be killed by that sword of judgment, to open the way back to the very presence of God. Second Corinthians 4.15 says, all this is for your sake. All this ministry that's been given to us, Paul says, is for your sake. And we're to say the same thing. My ministry is for your sake. Your ministry is for my sake. We get so caught up in, in well, what about me? I need a break. I need, I need, I need. Very little in the New Testament talks about our needs. Does say God provides our needs. He's not an ogre. He's not. He's not a just a king from a distance. He's our father. He knows what we need. He gives us what we need. What we really need is one another. Sam, you need a break. I, I'm there for you. You know, but I don't hear Sam whining. about, I need a break. You know, it's it's. We need to be aware of these things. We're we're servants for each other, and servants to the world for a reason, the purpose is so that as grace extends to more and more people it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God and so the grace in Christ may grow from person to person by faith, from faith to faith so that more and more people more and more people who are dead in their sins, who are aliens to God, who are enemies to God turn completely around the, through the work of Jesus Christ and the, the, the work of the, the, the Holy Spirit, through, through the gospel, through the good news of Jesus Christ. And their lives are changed. As the as their first time their life is changed, they give thanks to God. And the more their lives are changed, they give thanks to God. And there's a great crescendo of thankfulness to God. So when the heavens are finally ripped back open in Revelation, that were closed in, in, in Genesis 3, they're ripped open in Revelation, we see hundreds and thousands and millions of, of people from every tongue, tribe, and nation in response to what Jesus promised that we would be his witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost part of the earth. That will have come true in the church, through the work of the church, and that there will be people from every tribe tribe, and nation singing the glories of God and giving thanks to God the Father through Jesus Christ who stands there giving praise with us. And it is in his name we end. Amen. Bob, real quick. Point of clarification, Uh-oh. of course. Because since you said that, yes. Sam, uh, when you're saying we're angels, you don't mean literally like we're angelic beings. We're like the angels in the literal word messenger, right? Right. We right. have, we have, sorry, yes, we have the ministry of the angels. Right. It's been given back to the church. Okay. So in that sense, we, the angels are still there, but you notice they disappear from pretty much from the New Testament, except for a few occasions. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, can I add a few things? Yes, please. Well, one was it said... A couple things. One was, it said, uh, David said, What is man that thou art mindful of (laughs) him? Right? (laughs) Because we're lower than the angels. Yet Christ didn't die for angels. He died for man. (laughs) The crown of his creation. So when we we said the doxology, we're actually doing exactly what you said at Gandalf. We said, Thou shalt not pass. We just proclaim as man, in the doxology, we have that authority, we've declared wow. it here. That's how it is. Wow, thank you. I, I was going to put that verse in, and, and I wasn't going to treat it the same way, but I, I was going to point that out that, yeah, and I should have. Christ has been given the ministry of the angels, he was made for a little while alone. The angels now, he's been exalted with glory and honor, and he's given that to us. We are now we don't see it ourselves fully, but we shall. So, we so the, in. So that's a, that's kind of the key there, that Christ has taken back the, the ministry of the angels, which Lucifer had, which the, the angel, angel, which was- He served the authority, yeah. he didn't, wasn't given, it yeah. was given to man. It's greater than that, I mean, you can see, you're right. It, took, it was never man, angels were always meant to serve man. Man was never meant to serve the angels. Correct. But in a sense, man served the angels. The angels delivered- The, the Old the, Testament. Yeah, the, the Old Testament. Bible. Yeah, the, the, yeah I, don't, I don't get it, I guess, I didn't spend that, <laughs> I don't understand it, because I know that Moses went up and received the Word of God. God wrote on him. Yeah. But the Old Testament and the New Testament tell us that it was delivered by the angels. So in some fashion, either they wrote for uh, for, for God, the finger of God, might have been angels writing it. We, we don't know. Maybe when Moses was up there for 40 days, it was the angels coming and, and giving him the Word of God, because you know they know the Word of God. They just Long to, to see what's happening in the Word of God. Yeah. We don't know, but we have to we, we take it seriously. All that has been given to the church, so that's what you mean by that.